Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Bonnie Barnard, guest hosting today with Ian Stewart on our call, and um, Ian is the author of a book entitled Why Beauty is Truth, and believe it or not, it's a math book, so we have a great conversation ahead of us. Um, Welcome, Ian, to the show. Hi, Bonnie. Hello. Tell us um, a little bit about your background so we can become more familiar with who you are. Okay. I'm a professor of mathematics at the University of Warwick in England. Um, but for quite a long time, I've, uh, part of my job, in fact, is public understanding of science. It's um, helping the public to be aware of what's going on in science, and particularly in math. Uh, and I've written quite a few books aimed at people who, um, not at the math experts, not necessarily even at people who think they're good at math, but aimed at people who are kind of interested and want to know what's going on in the subject. What are these strange people up to? <laughs> That's a fabulous book. <laughs> um, so tell us then um, why a math book would have a title, Why Beauty is Truth. It's based on a, a, a quote on, on, on a, a poem, a Keats poem, okay. um, which is uh, a little bit about the relation between truth and beauty, which is a kind of, if you want a deep philosophical theme for this book, this is what it's about because it's about the mathematician's search for um, for beauty in mathematics, for things that a mathematician would consider elegant, um, you know, just the, the, the mathematician's particularly personal concept of what is beautiful, and whether that has anything whatsoever to do with what is true in the world that we live in. So the book starts with a mathematical quest for, for beauty, actually, in 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 solving algebraic equations, would you believe, um, and ends up where this quest led when the mathematician just followed their noses and pursued what they considered to be beautiful, um, ended up having big connections with modern physics, with the the frontiers of of human knowledge about the universe, scientific knowledge, um, and then the question becomes, okay, it's beautiful, but is it true? And there's some interesting debate between modern physicists about the relation between a beautiful theory and a true theory. And the problem is that it can be very, very elegant and actually turn out to have nothing whatsoever to do with the real world. So that's one of the themes of the book. But that's a kind of heavy philosophical theme. But uh, it was actually my editor who, who we, we were trying desperately to find a title um, that, uh, that, that wouldn't make it sound as if it was just technical mathematics. Yes. Um, and he came up with this particular idea. But it does fit the book fairly well. Hmm. What got you interested in math? I was one of those kids who I had some sort of natural inclination that way. And um, I realized that <laughs> most of us are not like this. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult subject, math. It's yes. something, if, you, if you have just the right sort of brain, then you can get into it and really, you know, and, enjoy doing it in a way that it becomes clear to me as I grew older that the rest of the world mostly seem not to do. But really math is is a very interesting 
subject. The problem is that when we're being taught it at school, we have to get the answers right. We have to learn the technique. And it's, it's very frustrating when all you're being taught or the main thing you're being taught is some kind of technique and you don't know what it's for and you don't know where it came from and you don't know where it's going. You've got no kind of context to put it into. And so um, I think as I grew up, I realized that, uh, that there are other ways to approach the subject and that really it's a much more interesting subject than most people think. So I've been out there trying to in a way, trying to sell it to people for a long, long time. Uh, with some success, I must say, I think it, it is possible to, to make math more interesting, more interesting sound, bring out the inherent interest rather than turn it into something very dull and repetitive and apparently uncreative. It's actually a very creative subject. Well, I had that experience that you're talking about in, as far as not um, recognizing a context to have the math held in. Mm-hmm. And I struggled a lot until I um, went back as an adult and took a refresher class at college in algebra just for fun. Right. And the teacher began by saying algebra is a form of communication. And when I put it in that context, that <laughs> Suddenly changed your whole view of it. Yeah. <laughs> changed my whole view. That's so why didn't they tell me? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. We are about to head to break here, so... Um, When we come back, we'll have more of a conversation here with Ian Stewart, author of Why Beauty is Truth and Mathematician Extraordinaire from London. Sometimes your favorite shows on HealthyLife.net are on when you're busy. Maybe you're working, sleeping, exercising, eating, or meditating and forget to listen to your favorite Healthy Life host. Now there's a solution. You can record or schedule a recording time of any of our radio shows direct to your PC. Then listen on your PC to the show anytime or convert the file to an MP3 and download it to your iPod or MP3 player. The iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software offered by Abyss Media is easy to use and affordable for only $29.95. Plus, if you have any problems, you can receive free email technical support. Speaking of technical information and general info on how to order the iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software, you can get all of that information right on our website at HealthyLife.net. You don't have to miss your favorite show ever again. Plus, you can download your favorite show and take it anywhere you want. Order the iSound WMA MP3 recorder right from HealthyLife.net today. In the early hours after the tsunami, it was ham radio that was on the air, saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. When disasters strike, the hams are ready. Ham radio works, and other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, 1-800-326-3942. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network.
Hello. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show on HealthyLife.net. This is guest host Bonnie Barnard filling in today for Dr. Pat. And we have with us Ian Stewart, who is a mathematician and author of the book, Why Beauty is Truth. And it is a math book, um, but it is in the context of history. So um, we have dropped Ian on um, the call, and when he calls back, we'll put him online and get um, some more information about his work. And um, I'm thrilled to be interviewing a mathematician who sees the idea of math in the context of the story of human history. Um, what an amazing piece of life work to unfold. Um, and Ian talks about the difference between having a beautiful theory and a true theory in mathematics. He says that uh, many mathematicians can go ahead and get an answer right, but does that actually mean that it is a true theory? So we have a lot of fabulous questions to be asking Ian Stewart this morning. Again, my name is Bonnie Barnard. I'm filling in for Dr. Pat on the Dr. Pat Show, coming live from Seattle, Washington, where it is about 70 degrees today and quite stunning, I might add. Ian Stewart is from the University of Warwick in England, and he will be covering the public understanding of science. Very interesting. If you missed the last segment, he spoke about the title of his book actually coming from a Keats poem called Truth and Beauty. Hmm. His book covers the history of math from the ancient Babylonians to the recent or present day. That's 4,000 years of math. Excellent. Welcome back, Ian. Hi. Hi, this is Bonnie Barnard filling Hi, Bonnie. Dr. Pat at the Dr. Pat Show. And um, what intrigues me about your book is that it is really um, a history book about the people who did the work of math, the life and the times of the people, if you will. Could you um, tell us a little bit about um, some of the math characters, if you will? Yeah. Um, it's a story that has, they are real characters. They have interesting lives. Um, they have sometimes quite dramatic lives. Um, I start with the ancient Babylonians about 2,000 years ago because that's where the mathematics first got going. Um, okay. Now, it was probably Babylonian priests or scribes who invented the Babylonian approach to, to algebra. Um, wow. They didn't use symbols like we do. They didn't say let x equal whatever. Um, but they understood things that we now interpret as algebra. Um, and to try and find a way of doing this, I ended up inventing three imaginary Babylonian schoolboys <laughs> and having a conversation between them. They're going off to school. They've done their math homework. Um, one of them's rather worried about it. One of them can just about handle it. And one of them absolutely loves the subject. And the three of them are discussing their homework before the teacher arrives. Now, the great thing here is although we don't know names of individuals except the very important ones from that period, we do know what their schools were like. We know what they taught. Because there are millions and millions of 
clay tablets from the Babylonian era, which have survived, and which really? people cleverer than me know how to read. Yeah. And it's remarkably similar. They, they took sandwiches to school. <laughs> or they took their equivalent of sandwiches. The kids went off to school taking their lunch. Um, and they sat in the class, and they had a head teacher, and they had a class teacher, and they had specialist wow. teachers for certain subjects. And it really sounds remarkably like our own experience of school. It's as if nothing's changed in 4,000 years. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Now, in many ways, my, my favorite character comes a little bit later in the story. This is a man called Girolamo Cardano. And he lived in Renaissance Italy in the sort of mid-1400s, um, which is a period we tend to associate with people like Lucretia Borgia, who was poisoning everybody. And it, it was a, um, a very interesting but fairly violent time. And Cardano was basically, he was a doctor and a mathematician, but he was also a gambler. And he gambled at cards, he gambled at chess, he gambled at dice, and he gambled away the family fortune. Wow. Um, and he was then sort of thrashing around doing very... He was trying to get himself appointed to uh, the College of Physicians, the, to the sort of official organization for doctors. But he practiced medicine anyway, even though he didn't belong to it, and he got rather good at it, and he got himself a reputation for medicine. Uh, to that, he also he was an astrologer. He cast horoscopes, <laughs> <laughs> which actually uh, quite a few mathematicians of that period made a living yeah, casting horoscopes because they, they could did. do the sums to work out which planet is in which constellation at which time and so forth. It was oh, all quite sure. impressive. They could do a really good snow job and uh, and convince their, 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 the people they were talking to that they actually knew what they were talking about. So Cardano is a rogue. He's very intelligent, he's a, a lovable rogue in many ways, but he had, uh, his life was one of great ups and downs, and in fact towards the end of his life, um, one of his sons was beheaded for murdering his wife. The son had what seemed to be, from the accounts, uh, a rather difficult wife, and the relationship deteriorated, and at some point the son poisoned her, and he was beheaded for it. So poor old Cardano is trying to do his maths and his medicine and other things while his, his family life is going through really, really difficult times. Um, so he's a, he is a fascinating character. So it sounds like, um, as, as you're speaking, and it does remind me of going back to school and having that experience where just the context shifted everything for me. So, um, yeah. What does, um, uh, tell me a little bit about um, the different professions, if you will, where math is key. You, you mentioned medicine, and, and um, you, you talked about um, the astrological um, readings of, of many years ago, but what other... Um, what can you do with math now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I think what you could do as a mathematician has changed through the ages, and this yeah, also comes out of the story. So in ancient times... If you wanted to be a research mathematician, you had to find yourself a, a wealthy sponsor and, ah. and get them to kind of pay you a salary to be the, the court mathematician. One of the people in the story was, the, was, was a mathematician who was sponsored by the Duke of Brunswick in Germany. Another one was, was in the court of Queen Catherine the Great. 
So back until about 300 years ago, this was how you had to make your living as a mathematician, or you kind of grubbed around and, uh, and did other things. It's a bit like writing nowadays. I mean, I speak from yeah. experience here. Um, <laughs> if, if you're a writer, you kind of need a day job as well. You need something to bring in steady money while you do the thing that you really want to do. And for a lot of mathematicians, it was like that. Now, in the modern world, this has changed. We did a survey of our alumni at Warwick University recently to find out what degree you should have studied in order to earn the most money. And it turned out to be mathematics. The average earnings of our maths alumni is actually higher than any other subject, and that includes law. Uh, it might be different in the States, it probably is, but in England, if, you, if, you're, if you're in a profession like law, Unless you rise right to the pinnacle and become a partner in a law firm or something of that kind, sure. you don't actually earn a lot. Um, whereas mathematicians are very versatile. They can get jobs almost everywhere. Uh, one of my students had a job running a brewery. <laughs> one young lady designed cars. Um, and one of the most... Um, one of the wealthiest people in the world at the moment, Sergey Brin, who is one of the founders of Google, the internet search engine, yeah. he's a mathematician, yeah. and Google runs on mathematical principles. Yeah. So uh, you can do a lot with math, and people don't realize this. Most people think the only thing you can do with math is be a math teacher, and what the math teachers do, they teach kids math so that some of them can become math teachers. This all sounds a bit pointless. Yeah, <laughs> And if it were like that, it would be pointless. But the math teachers know, and the professionals know, and students who get math degrees discover that you can use your mathematics or the, the ability to think about technical subjects that studying mathematics gives you. You can use this in almost any walk of life. Oh, that's beautiful. Boy, that, that does make me want to go back to school. <laughs> Wow. Um, Ian, let's take a moment and, and give individuals your website and a way of contacting you. Um, I'm going to let you actually um, say it out loud. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. I've got all is... these back classes. And... So okay. Um, there are two ways to find me. The easy way to find my website is to go to the, the website of the University of Warwick in England. We'd say Warwick, but in America it would be pronounced Warwick. So this is www.warwick, that's W-A-R-W-I-C-K, dot A-C dot U-K. And if you go to there, then, then you can hunt down the mathematics department, then you go to staff, then you get a list of all the faculty, and I'm there, and if you click on that, you can find my, my web page. Okay, and that's Ian Stewart. I think that's the best way to get it. Okay. Excellent. Wow. So how long have you been in the math field then? You said you were interested as a I'm, boy. I'm, I'm 61 years old. Um, I have been a professional mathematician for getting on for 40 years. And... Um, so I've been, yeah. So I've, <clears throat> I've been in mathematics for a long time. Um, it's I, I enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> Always have. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of passion around it. I actually want to read your book. This sounds extraordinary. Ah, yeah. Well, you see, no, it's it is a wonderful subject. But one of the great things about math, and um, this is something people don't know either, is you travel a lot. I mean, I've spent two years in the states at various times in my career.
job. So I was in the University of Connecticut for a year, and that was that was 30 years ago. Oh, and then a bit after that, I was at the University of Houston in Texas. So I kind of got to know a little bit of what it's like in New England and in Texas, which are two rather different parts of the United States. So you can become a mathematician and see the world. <laughs> I just love this conversation, Ian. This is Bonnie Barnard, um, guest host for the Dr. Pat Show on HealthyLife.net with guest Ian Stewart. And we will be taking a short break and returning here again to speak about some additional um, characters who have been part of the math lineage. So we'll be back with you in a moment. Essentia Water is very excited about joining the Dr. Pat Show because her focus on wellness and healthy living is exactly what Essentia Water is all about. Essentia Water is one of the leading enhanced bottled waters sold in the country. No other water provides the benefits of Essentia Water with its enhanced electrolyte formula and a high pH of 9.5, hydrating your body more efficiently. Recharge your cells with Essentia Water. Essentia Water. Ask for it. Is your soul searching for more? Are you ready for greater spiritual enlightenment? CMS, the College of Metaphysical Studies, is the planet's largest source of metaphysical and spiritual growth. CMS, the leader in the field of metaphysical studies, is dedicated to the service of humankind, offering distance learning courses and free resources. Follow your spiritual path and join the great adventure at cms.edu. That's cms.edu. Can a credit card be used for positive change? The Enlightenment Card has and is established with over 1,100 socially conscious reward partners. Whether your points are redeemed to support a charity, to further personal growth in a workshop, retreat, or yoga class, or if you use points to buy organic products, now you can rest assured knowing your monies and reward points are going to support those companies who are working to make a difference in the world. Join the community at EnlightenmentCard.com. Find out how you can use the power of words in clothing to change your world. Tune into the Dr. Pat Show to learn all about Creo Mundi, a unique brand that's going to rock this planet. Utilizing the frequencies and positive words on the inside of clothing, Creo Mundi can really help you create your own universe and tap into the law of attraction. Like attracts like at creomundi.com. C-R-E-O-M-U-N-D-I. That's creomundi.com. It's summer, and you want to get away, but gas is so expensive. Well, how about a spontaneous escape or last-minute getaway? Try AirfarePlanet.com. You can get discounts on all your travel needs. 500 destinations, 32 airlines, 6 continents. AirfarePlanet.com. And last-minute getaways starting at $199. Visit AirfarePlanet.com and enjoy your summer.
What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. And welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Bonnie Barnard, guest host for Dr. Pat. And we have with us today mathematician and author Ian Stewart from England. Welcome back, Ian. Hi, Bonnie. Nice to be back again. And um, I would like to hear a little bit more about some other characters that you have in the book. Okay. You said, said, I believe, that you're covering one strand of mathematics. So if you can talk about which strand that is and weave in a character, I'd love to hear more about um, your piece of work. Okay. The strand is the mathematics of symmetry, Ah. which starts with the idea of symmetry as a kind of geometric thing. Yes, we we look at objects of various shapes, and some of those shapes, like a starfish or a snowflake, are symmetric. And we say, oh, look at that. Isn't that that symmetry wonderful? But we don't actually sit down and think, now, what do we mean when we say it's symmetric? What precisely is going on here? And it took mathematicians most of three and a half thousand years, I guess, from the first hints of ideas about symmetry to coming up with some kind of actual coherent mathematical theory which, from from the mathematician's point of view, pinned down a particular meaning for the word symmetry. It's not necessarily quite the same as the everyday one, but it has a lot of connections, and it turned out to be vital to modern physics. So there is a story that starts from ancient Babylon, works its way through the Renaissance, following this thread of symmetry through mathematics, and it takes a very dramatic turn in the early 1800s with a young Frenchman who is the key figure in the whole story um, who he died in a duel aged 21 it was a duel over a woman it was probably a duel with one of his revolutionary comrades he was involved in the French Revolution Um, but his passion was mathematics and his name was Everest Galois and what he invented is now mathematicians now call it Galois theory And Galois theory is where this concept of symmetry first turned into serious, rigorous, precise mathematics. So Galois um, had a rather miserable life in many ways because his, his genius at mathematics was not recognized by the powers that be when he was developing his ideas. He was all sort of on the outskirts of, of the mathematics. He wanted to be a professional mathematician, but he couldn't, he couldn't get into the right university. He couldn't get people to take notice of his work. Some of it was his own fault, because um, if you look at how he wrote, it, it's, it's a bit scruffy and it's a bit disorganized. And he assumes that people reading into as intelligent as he is, which is always a big mistake. <laughs> he wasn't a good communicator, okay. but he suffered terribly for this. And it, this, one of the things that pushed him into revolutionary politics was the fact that the, 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 the French mathematical establishment 
um, seemed not to be taking any notice of what he was working on and what he was sending them. To be fair to the French mathematical establishment, actually, they, they did probably take more notice of what he sent them than uh, the most people would have done. But they kept sending it back to him, saying, you need to make this more clearer. You need to, if this is, you, you know, you're, 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 you need to expand on this and explain your ideas so that other people can follow. And he, he never quite, I think, got that. So he, he, was put, he was put in jail for a while because um, he was at a meeting of his revolutionary comrades and he announced a, a, a toast to, to the then king, Louis-Philippe. But when he toasted Louis-Philippe, he had a dagger in his hand. Um, and basically, the message everyone got from this was he wasn't really toasting the king's health. He, he was threatening the king's life. Um, and he, he, he got off on a technicality. Um, and while he was, uh, he was kind of on parole at, at, at this point, and he had some sort of love affair or what he thought was a love affair with, with a young lady who until about 30 years ago we didn't know her name he wrote it in his manuscripts and he scribbled it out so heavily you couldn't read who she was but then um, one historian of mathematics took a very very close look at the original manuscript and deciphered her name and discovered she was actually the doctor's daughter who lived in the same building that he lived oh. in so it was the sort of uh, the, the most obvious accessible female that he had fallen for um, and it would appear that either they really she didn't reciprocate his attentions at all, or she did a little bit, and he got kind of he, he got too positive a message from this, and then she rejected him, and he took this extremely badly. Um, and then he was challenged to a duel over this woman, duel you know pistols at, at twenty five sure. paces. Um, and again, we don't know exactly who his opponent was. There are several theories, but it would seem to be, it could have been, the most likely person is a very close friend of his who was actually in jail with him. And it's as if the two of them fell in love with the same girl. And there is also a theory that it wasn't quite a conventional deal. It was more like Russian roulette. Wow. That they had two pistols, one of which was loaded, one of which was not, chose them at random, stood right next to each other, facing each other at point-blank range, and both pulled the trigger. And poor old Galois had the wrong pistol. Ah. So, um, so there's lots and lots of documents and records from the period, but several vital pieces of information are missing. Fortunately, his ideas, his mathematical ideas very nearly died with him. Um, most of his writing was lost. Um, there were a few manuscripts that remained. None of this stuff was getting published. Um, but one mathematician of the time, 30 years later, figured out what it was all about. He'd been reading these manuscripts. He figured it out and gave a lecture to the Academy of Science in beginning, you know, let me draw to your attention the amazing mathematics of this young man who died 30 years ago. And it's because of that, I think, that, that these ideas actually survived. You know, maybe somebody would have invented them later, but sure. the historical thread is very, it, it, it could easily have been broken at that point.
Uh, well, I can hardly wait till we return from break because, Ian, I'm very interested in um, learning more about um, symmetry and how that um, interfaces with mathematics and modern physics of today. And so this is Bonnie Barnard, guest host um, on the Dr. Pat Show, today with Ian Stewart, and we'll be back in a moment. There is one movie that is not about being famous, rich, powerful, or beautiful. But this movie can help you become rich beyond your wildest dreams. There is one movie that every man, woman, and child should see. See One, the movie, now available on DVD at OneTheProject.com. Hi, this is Dr. Pat for One, the movie. Now the film phenomenon that has been transforming hearts across the world is available online at OneTheProject.com. Watch it online and be transformed. OneTheMovie.com. Find out how to avoid being the next victim of cancer, heart disease, obesity, or diabetes. In his webinar series, The Cure, Save Your Body, Heal Your Life, Dr. Timothy Brantley, the number one best-selling author of The Cure, will share an overview of disease in America, how our eating patterns are destroying our bodies, miracles of natural healing, and his proven guidelines for health, detoxification, and regeneration. Sign up for the webinar series by visiting BrantleyCure.com. Hi, this is Dr. Pat Basile of the Dr. Pat Show, and I'm pleased to invite you to the Wisdom Festival Conference and Exposition being held September 15th and 16th on the San Francisco waterfront at Fort Mason Center's Herbs Pavilion. The Wisdom Festival brings together cutting-edge speakers and lecturers, so join us as we explore the wide variety of modern and ancient wisdom teachings. Go to wisdomfestival.com or call 800 367 for more information. Genesis Today, a world leader in 100% pure therapeutic juices with absolutely nothing added except pure goodness. Genesis Today harnesses thousands of years of ancient healing wisdom for your benefit. We don't sell products. We offer complete nutritional building programs which encourage health on all levels. Genesis Today, combining age-old tradition medicines with modern-day science. Visit us today at genesistoday.com. That's genesistoday.com. A good life is essential, and that's why I listen to HealthyLife.net. And for nutritional support for me and my family, my business goes to HealthyLife.net affiliate, GNC LiveWell. It's the trusted name in the vitamin and supplement industry. And that's essential when you're the one responsible for your good health and the well-being of your family. GNC LiveWell has a multitude of convenient locations near you and is always open on the Internet at GNC.com. GNC Live Well. The name says it all. You choose. Programs you want, never anything you don't. The way radio should be. HealthyLife.net And this is the Dr. Pat Show with guest host Bonnie Barnard and guest Ian Stewart, author of Why Beauty is Truth and Mathematician. Um, to get more information on Ian and his work, you can go to www.warwick.com W-A-R-W-I-C-K dot A-C dot U-K. And that is a university in England, and you will go to the mathematics department and then look under staff for Ian Stewart. Welcome back, Ian. Hi there. 
just before break, we were talking about um, symmetry and about um, the Gower theory. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and um, what what I clicked into, which I found very fascinating, is you talked about um, symmetry being um, about geometrics, and you brought up the idea of starfish and snowflakes all having some kind of connection with symmetry. That's right. Yeah, yep. so what I'm, so what intrigued me was the idea that there are um, mathematicians who um, spend their life actually looking at um, different geometric figures and um, actually um, creating or or um, recognizing the mathematical structure of it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there, there is a big area of entirely modern mathematical research, which is all about how various regular shapes and patterns form in the natural world. And it's very, be- in fact, that's that's the area of mathematics that I, I work in when I'm I put my professional hat on and I write research papers and have PhD students and things like that. And the snowflake is quite a—it's a familiar example, and it's an intriguing example. Um, a lot of snowflakes are six-sided crystals. Um, some aren't, but most of them are, and very commonly. And if you look at these crystals, say with a magnifying glass, you find they have a very, very beautiful structure. Um, they're a bit like—it's—it's it's, it's like a like a fir tree. It's like a conifer. It, it branches. It has this branching pattern, but there are six. It's like six trees arranged so that they they they, they point in in six directions and, and form a circle. So that um, you, it's like joining six identical trees together at at the base and arranging them at sixty degree angles. So we have this strange mixture of highly complex structure and this repetition at 60 degree intervals as you go around. You get the same thing repeated six times. And the first the first person to actually think hard about this um, was a German called Johannes Kepler who is mostly famous for discovering that the orbits of planets are ellipses. But Kepler wrote a book about the snowflake in 1611. <laughs> So nearly 400 years ago. Um, And he got a long way towards explaining it in this book. Because, um, have you ever taken, sometimes, um, if you take a lot of pennies, stick them on the table, and try to arrange them so that they pack together in as close a pattern as possible. Um, This is worth doing. You need about 20 or 30 of them. And what you find is that they come out with a honeycomb arrangement. Uh, any, each penny will have six pennies fitting around exactly. It can be surrounded by six. So you get this kind of six-fold symmetry in the arrangement of the pennies. Now, what Kepler said was, hmm, snowflakes must somewhere deep down inside be made by fitting together lots of tiny little structures. I don't know what they are. But they're, 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 probably, they're probably little spheres, actually, rather than little disks like pennies. Um, but they fit together in this same kind of honeycomb arrangement, and this must be the ultimate reason why snowflakes are six-sided. Now, that was pretty bright. That's essentially the atomic theory of matter. Okay. And, okay, the... the the ancient Greeks played around with the idea that matter is made of atoms, but then the whole 
whole idea was kind of abandoned. And it was only about 100 years ago it became scientifically respectable. It's amazing how recent the, the atomic theory of matter really is. But here is Kepler 400 years ago looking at snowflakes and working his way towards pretty much... I mean, the modern explanation is that the six-fold symmetry is coming from the crystal lattice of the ice out of which the snowflake is made. And although the crystal lattice of, of, of ice is not quite a honeycomb, it's a little bit more complicated than just uh, the honeycomb arrangement of, of, of pennies on a, on a desk. Um, the most dominant symmetry in ice crystals is this honeycomb six-fold symmetry. So Kepler came very close to the modern explanation of half of the problem. And yet each snowflake is different. Yeah, each snowflake is different, and that's the other half of the problem. <laughs> How can whatever is making snowflakes, on the one hand, churn out billions upon billions of these flakes, each one of which has this six-fold symmetry, so each of the six corners looks pretty much exactly the same as all the others. But the shape of those six corners is different in snowflake number two compared to snowflake number one. It's different again in the third one. As far as we know, it's, it's different in all of them. How can, you, how can you have this variability in the fine structure and details of the snowflake combined with this regularity of the overall symmetry? And we now know the answer to that as well. And the answer is that <laughs> snowflakes are made in storm clouds. Ah. And in storm clouds, conditions are changing violently from one instant to the next. It can be very, very cold, and then uh, and, and the humidity and the, the wind speed and everything can be one particular set of values. And then a split second later, or in a different part of the storm cloud, all of that's a little bit different, and it's changing in this very complicated, chaotic way. Now, any individual snowflake is so tiny that while it's forming, all of its six corners pretty much experience the same kind of temperatures and humidity, which are the two important factors in what shape the snowflake, or what the detailed form of the snowflake is. Um, each of those six corners gets the same history of changes in humidity and, and temperature. But another snowflake forming in a slightly different part of the cloud gets a completely different history. So when you look at the form of the snowflake, what you're seeing is a kind of visual representation of the conditions that were occurring while it formed. But each of its six corners experiences the same conditions for that particular snowflake. Oh, fascinating. And you said that this is your area of mathematics. So what's it called? Is there a name for it? Uh, I call it symmetric dynamics. Excellent. How systems change over time when the laws that govern their behavior are symmetric. Fabulous. So this is Bonnie Barnard filling in for Dr. Pat, the Dr. Pat Show on HealthyLife.net. We will return here shortly with um, Ian Stewart who um, is a symmetric, dynamic mathematician. We'll be back shortly.
Ready to put cancer behind you? Clarify your purpose in life after a cancer diagnosis. Learn new tools and take back your life. Rekindle your spirit and find support in peaceful Hawaii. Join our next retreat with Dr. Jean Octoberg, Karen Cook, and Lou Whitney at Kokolulu's Cancer Aftercare Retreat Center on the island of Hawaii, September 30th through October 12th. Space is limited, so call now, 808-889-9893, or visit cancerretreats.org. Aloha. The Empowerment Partnership, empowering the lives of thousands of people around the world just like you. Their mission is to empower you with an understanding of what makes you and others tick and to teach you the tools and techniques that will unlock your hidden gifts. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. To learn more, call 1-800-800-MIND or go to NLP.com. Mention the Dr. Pat Show to receive a special discount. Okay, everyone, listen up. You can do it. You can quit smoking in as little as 30 days with zero smoke. That's right, a new product to help you quit smoking now. And here's the deal. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on gum, patches, or pills. Zero Smoke helps you quit naturally using biomagnets. It works by placing these neat little magnets on either side of your ear. Then science takes over. It's just like acupressure. The urge to smoke goes away. This product has sold like crazy in Europe and has just been introduced in the United States. In fact, Sal the stockbroker is using the product to quit. It's a disgusting habit, and you need to quit today. Now, everybody, go to their website, zerosmoke.org, or call them at 800-577-9933 and take advantage of the risk-free offer. That's right. Just pay shipping, and they will send you this revolutionary product absolutely free. What do you have to lose? It's the summer. You want to feel good, and you want to quit that nasty habit. That's 800-577-9933, or go to the web at zerosmoke.org. Water. In the hot summer sun, water is a natural thought, like relaxing at the beach with the waves lapping at your feet or perhaps being with your significant other under a secluded, gently cascading waterfall. If you want a little more action, how about water skiing or boating on an icy, clear blue lake? With Expedia.com, everything you need for travel, flights, hotels, cruises, vacation packages, they have it all. At a price you can afford, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Expedia.com. Pep it up with positive energy power right here on HealthyLife.net. And welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. My name is Bonnie Barnard and I am the guest host today. And I have with me Ian Stewart, a mathematician and author of the book, Why Beauty is Truth. For more information on Ian's work, you can go to www.warwick, that's W-A-R-W-I-C-K, dot ac dot uk um, find your way to the mathematics department and you can get information on Ian under staff the book is also available now um, through amazon.com here in the states and through any bookstore it's called why beauty is truth welcome back Ian hi there hi so um, I want to bring us to today, if we can, um, and go to looking at the idea of physics. And what I would love, um, since I hear and read about physics quite a bit, is to get a good definition of what physics is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think physics 
at the moment at any rate, has been for a while. It might change, but physics is the discovery of fundamental mathematical rules that govern certain aspects of how the real world behaves. Yeah? Okay, and so give me an example of what a fundamental rule would be. Okay, Isaac Newton, his law of gravity is that any two bodies in the universe attract each other with a gravitational force, and the strength of that force is proportional to the masses of the two bodies, but it falls off as the square of the distance between them. Okay, so there's a mathematical formula, F equals M1, M2 divided by D squared. Here's your mathematics. But what he's saying is that if you look at all of the motions of all of the bodies in the heavens, the planets, the stars, galaxies, the moon going around the earth, any of those, although they seem to be very different bodies doing all sorts of different things, there is an underlying unity, and it's the law of gravity, and it has a mathematical expression. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. That is exciting. Worded that way, it, it does make me want to run out to my nearest college and enroll in a class in physics. Well, what basically, I mean, the Isaac Newton, he wrote a book called The Principia Mathematica, Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy. It was, you know, kind of the rules that govern how the world works on a physical level. Um, and this was developed for a couple of hundred years, and then uh, a few problems with Newton's view of physics, of the laws, started to emerge. And out of these came two much more modern theories, both about a hundred years old. So one is relativity, Albert Einstein. Yep. Yep. So Einstein said there, there are certain respects in which Newton's laws of motion and Newton's law of gravity doesn't actually quite fit the world that we live in. The world that we live in is a little bit stranger than that. <laughs> and in particular, the speed of light is a kind of limiting speed. You can't go faster than light. And that has some surprising consequences for physics. Uh, and the other theory that emerged at much the same time is quantum mechanics, which is very, very puzzling. I mean, I find quantum mechanics fairly mind-boggling. I think there's a famous physicist who said, basically, if you think you understand quantum mechanics, then you haven't grasped what it's all about. Um, it, it, but So quantum mechanics is a theory of matter on very, very tiny scales, smaller than atoms, and relativity is mostly a theory about the universe on pretty large scales, including the whole thing. And what the physicists realized about, well, Einstein himself realized was those two theories do not quite fit together. Although they're both very successful, where they overlap, they kind of contradict each other a bit. Hmm. So, so either one of them's right and the other one's a little bit wrong and you have to modify one. But what kind of emerges is the feeling that neither of them is quite an accurate description of how the universe really works. They are two very good approximations, each valid in its own domain, but uh, they are, they're a little bit away from an accurate description. They're not the truth. I think most physicists don't believe we'll ever find the truth scientifically. Yeah, it isn't yeah. like that. Uh, what you want is theories that get closer and closer to reality and cover more and more possibilities. 
So physicists have been looking for what they rather jokingly call a theory of everything. Yeah. By which they mean something not quite as grand as that. What they mean is some theory of physics which agrees with relativity when relativity works, agrees with quantum mechanics when quantum mechanics works, but works properly in the areas where those two theories disagree with each other. So it's some sort of combination of the two, but you have to modify both of them to make it work. And they've been struggling for a long, long time now to actually come up with something that will do this. The favorite approach at the moment among most physicists is superstring theory. Yes. Yes. A lot of discussion of superstrings. Basically, the idea is that the fundamental particles of matter are not points. They're little loops or little multidimensional surfaces, Ooh, and they like can that. vibrate, but they have extra dimensions. And it all sounds very, very strange and weird, but actually, it, mathematically, it's quite beautiful. Uh, some people are getting a bit fed up with string theory. <laughs> There's a certain <laughs> amount of criticism of it that's been building in some quarters for a while, um, which ranges from it doesn't predict anything to there are just too many versions of it, and we can't tell which one is which. Um, but I, I, think, I still think string theory's got quite a lot going for it. Uh, now, the way the mathematics behind all this developed, the, the, this, this whole approach is really a mathematics problem. It's a problem about what kind of mathematical models you can come up with that would, would kind of merge quantum mechanics and relativity. And the way that the physicists have been approaching them in recent years is to say what's key here the thing the one thing we can hold on to which we think is uh, is an ingredient that should go into the new theory the symmetries of relativity should still be there in a theory of everything the symmetries of quantum mechanics should still be there in a theory of everything the equations might be different the rules might be different but the symmetry should still work and so the last few chapters of the book explain um, what's been going on in the last 30 or 40 years along those lines. Well, I tell you, I'm going to run out and buy this book. I shared that with you during break, that it sounds very fascinating to me, and it sounds like there's a lot of parallels that I can use in my own life um, based upon getting this information. So I thank you for writing it. The book is um, Why Beauty is Truth. It's by Ian Stewart. You can get it on Amazon.com. This is Bonnie Barnard filling in for Dr. Pat, and we will be returning shortly again um, for our last time after this next break. What does it take to feel young again, to be filled with vitality, to wake up feeling clear and refreshed, to live without allergies? More and more Americans are wondering if it's even possible. Founder of the Life Force Center in Los Angeles, Dr. Jeffrey McCombs, has been researching, developing, and refining a unique system that doctors and patients from around the world are saying offers them all of this and more. Visit LifeForcePlan.com or call 1-888-236-7780. 
Let go of past trauma, fears, and negative beliefs. Attract exactly what you want in life and release the energetic blocks and imbalances which are keeping you from living the life of your dreams. Internationally known master clairvoyant and intuitive guide Carrie O'Connor has the unique ability to read your energy field and just like a tuning fork, raise your vibrational level so that you can attract what you truly desire in life. Visit CarrieOConnor.com for more information and for interview dates on the Dr. Pat Show. That's CarrieOConnor.com. It's that time of year again. Just so many things to do. It just doesn't leave a lot of time for fashion shopping. But I discovered that I don't have to give up being fashionable and I could actually save time and money. How? I found Chadwick's fashion catalog right on HealthyBuy.net advertiser page. So I clicked through and wow, I have a whole new wardrobe coming to me for a fraction of the mall price and I never had to leave the house. I shopped when it was convenient for me. I can see why Chadwick's is America's favorite off-price fashion catalog for women and a positive advertiser on HealthyLife.net. We're HealthyLife.net, reaching and helping a worldwide audience without hype, without shock, and without shenanigans. And welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show on HealthyLife.net. My name is Bonnie Barnard, and our guest today um, has been Ian Stewart, mathematician and author of the book, Why Beauty is Truth. Again, his book is available here in the States. You can get it through Amazon.com or at any bookstore. And, um, Ian, we have just a few moments left. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing? I'd just like to say to people that forget about your prejudices about mathematics if you think you don't like it. It's a beautiful subject. It's a subject with an enormous history. It's been done by very interesting people, and it leads into wonderful areas of human knowledge. Um, It's a great subject. Well, you certainly have brought some passion to us all, and so I want to give you a big thanks. It was my pleasure today to spend time interviewing you. Again, it's Ian Stewart. His book is Why Beauty is Truth. Thank you very much, and have a terrific rest of your Monday. Thank you, Bonnie. 